Hey guys, Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger, and you're listening to Marking Out. It's morphin' time. This is Marking Out. Pro wrestling song from pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling song from pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling song from pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Running like this. Pro wrestling song from pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Welcome to Markin' Out. Gobble gobble, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. <laughs> Go check out MarkinOut.com and make sure that you check out Spotify and wherever else you can find Markin' Out. This is episode 616. And make sure you're giving us a follow over on Instagram, over on TikTok, over on Twitch, over on wherever else that you may want to follow us. Also, give us a like over on Facebook. Buy a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out during this Black Friday sale. The sale takes place until Monday, so make sure you get your t-shirt. But that being said, I'm one of your hosts, Dave, the Rave, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I... I'm still not 100%, but for the sake of the holiday, I'm going to say I'm doing awesome as always. I don't know if I believe you. I Well, you know what? With this medication I've been on, it's been uh, screwing with my body and everything, but it seems like my throat's getting better. Good. That's good to hear that you're starting to feel better. You yeah. know? How about yourself? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I know. Everything is going swell on my end. I actually uh, went to New York City this past weekend. Big man. Yeah. Went to What'd the... you do there? So I met up with one of my friends, and me and her ended up checking out the MoMA. So, the MoMA. Uh, yeah, the MoMA. You know, the Museum of Modern Art. Is there a Van Gogh in the MoMA? I think Starry Night is there, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that is correct. I got to go see Starry Night, and that was cool. really, really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. I think I almost went to the MoMA one time, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I went inside, and they ended up telling me I can't come in because I had a book bag. Meanwhile, there were like seven different people who also had book bags. Mm-hmm. They're like, you can check it. I'm like, well, well, how do I check it? And they're like, it's over here. You got to pay. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, are you kidding me? There's people walking around here with book bags. Yeah. So I never, that was it. I was in the lobby of the MoMA. I didn't get to see well, Starry definitely... Night. Yeah, you should go or back. Starry it's on the night. fifth floor. You know, me and my friend were like, let's start from the top and go work our way down. So we went all the way to the top. Um, the... Uh, Starry Night was awesome. Just to to get close to that, um, saw a bunch of Picasso paintings. Saw uh, Salvador Dali painting. Um, Andy Warhol, a lot of a lot of other paintings that you see it, and you're like, if this wasn't created in the early 1900s, late 1800s, there's no way in hell this would ever make it to an art gallery. <laughs> like some of the artwork are like, like, uh, really... like Dali's or Picasso's perhaps no no there was other people that was just questioning it was questioning 
Questioning? Questionable. 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 Yeah. I, I know yeah, I've been... Yeah, it was been... definitely questionable. Actually, I don't know. I was going to say I know I've been in the presence of real uh, Salvador Dali paintings. I'm almost certain I have. In uh, I feel like cruises don't really do them anymore. They used to have, like, art auctions. Uh-huh. Now they just have, like, the art galleries where you can pay for the art. Yeah. But, like... They used to actually have art auctions, and I thought that was a cool thing to do. I was a a teenager going to them. I was never bidding, but mm-hmm. I just thought it was cool to look at all the the famous artists and stuff. So yeah, it's very interesting, you know. But yeah, so the MoMA was definitely well worth it. Um, and then after that, we went to uh, what was it? Um, Serafina, I think. I forgot the name. I think Serafina, Serafini's. Uh, that was really good. Got some pasta with some chicken, peas, and mushrooms with a little cream sauce. That was great. And yeah, that was really my weekend. It was very, um, it was very good though. It was awesome. On Saturday was a beautiful day outside. How about you? What did you do? Uh, by the way, the MoMA is literally right across the street from Fogo de Show. Fogo de Show? Yeah, which is why I was across the street from the What's Moma. that? <laughs> it's the Brazilian Steakhouse. Oh, we saw that. Me and my friend were going to... We saw that, and she was willing to go there, but she's also a vegetarian, so, uh, you know... Yeah. They have the yeah, market table. That's got veggie stuff on it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't going to do that to her, though, you know? Right, so, yeah. Yeah. But, but it's like, see, literally, I, it's... I think it's one of the best places up there. There's another one, Churrascaria Platforma, I think, maybe. I'll go that's, to the Brazilian uh, uh, That's a good one. place with you. Ah, man, I don't know. And, um, Fogo yeah. is Fogo's in uh, Garden City now, also. Yeah, but I don't know. I like the New York City vibe. You know, I got to uh, you walk know down Fifth Street Yeah, I like New York Street. City, but I think the Fogo in, in, uh, on the island is a lot better than the one in Manhattan. No offense if you're... I mean, they're not listening to this, whatever. <laughs> but my stamp of approval is still on Fogo regardless, so. Yeah, no, I, I think that it's, it's definitely, uh, there's so many places to go eat in New York City that I'm trying to uh, get to and places to see. So MoMA was definitely on my list. So really happy I got to see that because recently, I, well, within the year, I found out that Starry Night was there. And yeah. I'm a huge fan of that painting. So to go see it, that was really cool. Do so. you remember we walked through central park in a in a blizzard yeah that was stupid yeah that was really stupid i was dangerous um (laughs) i don't know if it was dangerous but i mean i was certainly freezing cold and i had my i think i had my flannel on do you remember where we ate um i don't think i ate with you guys did i yeah, you you were there at the at the restaurant. Um. Yeah. Did we? I don't know. I remember we went to the the museum. Yeah, because me and you were take have pictures Natural of history through the mirror that was there. You were A there. Mirror? Yeah, because we went to the museum beforehand. What was uh, what was the cuisine? Oh, I don't remember. Because in my in my mind, I want to say it's Bill's Burger or whatever. Bar and Burger, whatever it's called, but I don't think mm-hmm. it was that. Yeah, I know I we remember. went we went there before we went to Late Night with Fallon. Yeah, 
That's true. But I don't know. Unless I see a but. picture of it, I almost have no memory of stuff. But as far as my mm-hmm. week, I, I really didn't do much. I watched Freddie Prince Jr.'s Christmas movie on Netflix. Interesting. It's called Christmas With You. I feel like he's like not acting anymore, but he's in this. It also stars Amy Garcia, who was on George Lopez. She was the, the niece. And I thought it was a, a good Christmas movie. It didn't feel like a cheap Hallmark movie like that Lindsay Lohan return movie that she did with Cord Overstreet. Mm-hmm. No offense to both of them, but Falling for Christmas kind of uh, kind of seemed like a cheap Hallmark movie. This one I thought had a decent script. It was reminiscent of that uh, Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson Marry You. Marry You or Marry Me movie that I did thought Did you was see good. the movie... Did you see the new uh, Ryan Reynolds movie? That's on Apple Plus, and I don't have it. Oh, that's on Apple. I thought that was like Netflix or Hulu. No, it's Apple Plus. Him and Will Ferrell, who I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. But I did see there was one scene where uh, he runs into Buddy the Elf, so I think that's pretty funny. Oh, spoiler. Yeah, well, whatever. It's on the internet already. <laughs> and then other other than that, I, uh, I... I watched the AMAs, I know that, to see if Taylor Swift was going to announce Speak Now, Taylor's version. That didn't happen, but she swept in every category she was Mm -hmm. nominated in. And uh, outside of that, I just prepped food because we're recording this pre-Thanksgiving. The episode's going to go out post-Thanksgiving, so we hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. We'll talk more about that next week, but... Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, I just spent five hours cooking, prepping, cutting, and it smells good. Can't wait to eat it. So Yeah, I mean, it sounds very exciting. But later on, we will be joined by Chris. No, no, we won't. Oh, we will not. We will not. I'm, I'm going to be taking those reins. Yes, yes. Chris uh, cannot appear this week, but... That being said, let's get on to some pro wrestling talk and talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Kevin Owens opening the show, speaking about being the fifth man on the War Games team and how he's coming for Roman Reigns in the championships because he wants the title. And he brought out the Brawling Brutes, he brought out Drew McIntyre, and Mm -hmm. then... The Judgment Day came out and ends in a brawl and a match gets set up where the Brawling Brutes uh, picked up the victory over the Judgment Day. Yeah, um, a lot was taking place during this match, you know? Yeah, and it was definitely a fun match. It was an unexpected match. I wasn't expecting the Brawling Brutes to be on Monday Night Raw, Mm -hmm. but... I guess there was one off point. Dominic ran off and uh, he got chased by Sheamus. And then Sheamus pretty much caught up to him and they had to wait for the OC's music to hit mm-hmm. and come out. But And then they, they backed Dominic back to the ring and Dom ended up eating a bro kick and lost the match. And then the Judgment Day immediately afterwards attacked and the OC got involved. Kevin Owens got off commentary, hits Finn Balor with a, a stunner. Main event of uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. No ladder, but... Yeah, I thought that this was a really great open with the match and the brawling. I was a big fan of the brawl. And then the OC was was, uh, interviewed later on, and it led to another brawl. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. So, but next, these, there's, these three teams are intertwined. Yeah. Next up, you had Gargano take on The Miz, but it actually did not take place. You had Gargano ready for his matchup. Miz coming out, and Miz had his hand all wrapped up. Uh, he was unable to compete, though. He was unable to compete. <laughs> And this stems, he, by the way, Gargano challenged Miz because of the turnbuckle spot from last week. Uh, and then, yeah, Miz found a quote-unquote worthy opponent for Johnny Gargano, which was Homos, which is funny. Yeah. Homos obviously picks up the victory over Gargano, but there was a short moment where it was like, oh, maybe. I mean, he probably won't, but maybe Johnny's going to win. But. Nope. When it comes down to it, it's it's Miz being that chicken heel who doesn't want to wrestle Johnny Gargano. No. So, although, like, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna. The match wasn't like the best match or anything, but it was a lot more than I was expecting. Yeah, I thought that it was still, it still held its own. You know, you had yeah. the Miz and it made sense. Gargano. It, it, as yeah. much as I wouldn't want to see almost versus Gargano, it made so much sense. Yeah. The worst part of this segment was Johnny Gargano's theme song is now a male oh. version of Rebel Heart. I am not a fan of that. I don't know if it's because maybe they're having something with like CFO, CFOs, yeah. CFO money. I don't know if there's like problem. I know they're not like uh, together. I know they're not uh, with WWE either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. They switched it over. It reminded me of when Christian had the 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 woman theme song replace the man theme song. Yeah. So it's like the same thing, but it's like different vocals. Mm-hmm. It hits different. It does. I agree. Uh, after that, Seth Rollins was asked about his uh, match last week and whatever. And he said that he, he's, he wants a match with... Lashley, he wants a match with Austin Theory because he's got a bone to pick with both of them. And then Seth told Austin Theory to call Cody Rhodes and ask him how rehab is going to see if it's a smart idea to start to mess with him, to which Goldust uh, flipped him the bird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, then uh, Rollins actually responded to him. Yeah, I saw that too. Saying, uh, what did he say? Something about Goldie. Yeah, know. calm down, Goldie. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Austin Theory said that uh, hitting rock bottom was literally the best thing that could have ever happened to him, which was a, a great promo from Austin Theory. Yeah. And then he spoke about Dolph Ziggler. He spoke about Mustafa Ali. And then Austin Theory goes on to a match and picks up the victory over Mustafa Ali, despite how beat down Ali has been over the past few weeks. He goes out there. With Austin Theory, and they kill it. Yeah, these two I put thought on that a this phenomenal was an awesome match. match. Finally lost you to know? the uh, A Town Down, but it was so it was just so good. And then Bobby Lashley shows up on the screen and addressed Austin Theory and told him to stay in the ring. And Lashley's like, "You couldn't get the job done with the U.S. Championship." And then Theory's like, "It's because of you." And then he reminded Lashley that Brock Lesnar beat Bobby Lashley. And then they brawled. Austin Theory used a chair, which Lashley just absolutely ate. 
And then Austin Theory runs from Bobby Lashley and he gets to the back, brawls with Mustafa Ali, who's just trying to recover. And he ends up throwing him into Bobby Lashley and then they brawl. <laughs> and then Lashley threw Mustafa Ali into the tri- the Titantron. Yeah, Mustafa I like Ali that. It was really all getting like the connected. Of it. Yeah, it was cool that it was all connected though. Yeah, it definitely was, you know. I mean, I I do want to see Mustafa Ali something uh, else happen to him, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, he's killed it two weeks in a row now. Yeah. Um, but after that, we saw Elias and Matt Riddle pick up the victory over Alpha Academy. Yeah, I like pre- that. Predictable. Uh, I like that that stalling German suplex by Chad Gable on the ring apron to Matt Riddle. Yeah, that was. And cool also, one. I don't know if it's predictable or not because I thought Alpha Academy was going to win after that Doomsday Bulldog. Okay. But Matt Riddle had a really nice kick out from that. And then the it end of this cool. match was like pure perfection tag team wrestling 101. And it's kind of, I don't know if I want to say it's embarrassing because Elias and Matt Riddle aren't a tag team, but it's kind of embarrassing because like the end of this match I thought was perfect. Riddle goes in there, he hits that knee and then tags in Elias immediately tags back in Elias tags out. They're like move after move after move. It was like the, the perfect tag team ending. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it flowed so well into each other. And in know? a world of 2022 professional wrestling where there's so many tag team matches where uh, we just don't have stuff like that, I thought that was really nice to see. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, After that, backstage we had JBL and Baron Corbin playing poker. McIntyre showed up and then they had some banter and... Drew ended up challenging Baron Corbin to a match, which uh, uh, Drew McIntyre ends up also punching Baron Corbin. And JBL's reaction to that, I thought, was absolutely perfect. The way he sold that punch, I thought, was so funny. Yeah. But McIntyre goes on to pick up the victory over Baron Corbin. I uh, I, I like that Tazawa getting involved. Yeah, Tazawa showing up with his old look, his bleach blonde hair, his his shorts again. So that's nice. He he jumped into JBL's arms and then took his hat. Yeah. Um but and that that uh, that led to the end of the match that distracted Corbin and led to the end, but I thought this match was going to be over a lot sooner than it was. It I felt like a main you. event length, but like not a main event, if that makes yeah. sense. I, I agree with you. We're going to have to see what happens with Tazawa, too. I mean, he stole JBL's hat and got away with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure we're going to see some backstage uh, shenanigans with that aspect. Yeah. After but. that, Bianca Belair came out, and it seemed like she was going to be introducing the fifth woman on their Survivor Series team. However, it's revealed that they're going to announce who it is on Friday. So right now, we don't know who it is, but... When you listen to this, you'll know who it is. <laughs> yeah, we're going to find Damage out Damage Control soon. came out, and uh, Bailey's like, we don't believe that you actually have a fifth member, a fifth partner. Somebody I saw on TikTok pointed out that whenever Alexa Bliss is out with Bianca Belair and Asuka, she's kind of like a beat away from them. What do you mean? She's like not exactly next to them. 
And then somebody tweeted that to Alexa Bliss and she goes, oh, you have to watch out for Bianca Belair's ponytail or something. So it's like whenever they're on screen together, she's like just a little bit further over than a normal partner would be. So right now people think maybe Alexa Bliss isn't making it into that match. Huh. I would have never even thought about that one. Because Bray but Wyatt's do you on think that there's always, Do you think that it's still going to be evened up? Well, people think Uncle Howdy wants revenge. They're going to okay. take out Alexa Bliss and then Team Bad. Boom. Huh. Okay. But I, again, I mean, stuff can very much so change and look completely different come the time you listen to this. Yeah. But the main event of Monday Night Raw saw Rhea Ripley pick up the victory over Asuka to get that War Games advantage. Rhea Ripley controlled a majority of this match, so I thought maybe Asuka would actually end up winning. But, no, but both, this... teams, both you... teams ended up ringside, and then Asuka got hit with that riptide and lost the match. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned about the end of the previous match. I got to say that this was probably my favorite ending to the matches. Um, from Men in a Row, because I thought that this was just so smooth with the reversal. Like, Asuka went for the back elbow, and then Rhea ducked under it, and then it just went into counter, counter, counter into the riptide. And it just flowed so well for me, I thought. Um, Afterwards, Damage Control ripped Asuka out of the ring and jumped her, which led to that big Survivor Series brawl to almost close out Monday Night Raw. Then they... They went over the matches for Survivor Series, which they did replay that that brawl at the end. But I wish they ended with that instead of going over the matches for the pay per view. Yeah, you didn't have to go through everything else. You could have just ended it right there. Yeah, and also yeah. they didn't even like end Monday Night Raw. It immediately got cut off by Carson Daly, Blake Shelton, and Nikki Bella. Yeah, like Corey Graves is like Survivor Series, and then goes, "Hey, this is Blake Shelton." Or something like that. <laughs> I don't even yeah. remember what the show is called, but I'm going to say Barmageddon. That doesn't, I don't know if that sounds Bar-Mageddon. right. Or not. It sounds yeah. like a show that should be something, though. It might be. But uh, moving over to NXT, it opened up with Toxic Attraction. Mandy Rose said that uh, she claimed victory all by herself last week and then brought up the Iron Survivor Challenge, how she wishes she was in it. And then Gigi Dolan spoke about them wanting their championships back. Caden and uh, Katana came out and brought up Isla Dawn actually helping Mandy Rose last week, which led to a brawl. And the numbers were against Caden Carter and Katana Chance there. And they were left on the ground. Yeah. Next up, you had Cora Jade pick up the victory over Wendy Chu. Um, I There was parts of this I liked. Some I didn't. Something I really didn't was Wendy Chu really overselling soda to the face. Uh, hmm. Dude, well, she she like that's she took a back she you. took a backdrop yeah. for soda. Yeah, <laughs> but that's not necessarily like something that wouldn't happen in real life. I mean, if because right, you could have like if you're yeah, but if you're caught off guard, like I have scared people before where they have fallen over. Uh huh. So it's like not out of the for soda. Ordinary. I don't know. 
Like, yes, it's super goofy, but I guarantee you one out of whatever many people, uh-huh. at least one will fall over. Yeah. But, and, and it's like, I don't really know the the longevity of Wendy Chu's current gimmick, but I really uh-huh. like all of her unique, like, sleeping gesture moves. And I hope they're all in 2K23. I hope she makes the game. Yeah, because... you were saying about, like, even the uh, the one off the top turnbuckle and everything. Yeah. Now, that would that would be cool. But Jade tried to use the... I almost said Jade Cargill. <laughs> <laughs> Cora Jade tried to use the kendo stick, and Wendy Chu ducked it, and that's what... The ref took that away, and that led to that drink spot, so... And yeah. then Wendy Chu was left crying in the ring, so maybe we're going to be getting some sort of character change. Like, we've seen her fired up before where she takes down the one takes down the onesie mm-hmm. but maybe we're gonna see a different side of her where she's like well maybe i have to wake up maybe it's time for me to wake up and actually not be so tired all the time or something like that hmm i guess that would be one way to snap out of it you know yeah interesting after that we saw apollo cruz uh dining and and journaling about deadline and i like the video package it included past uh title victories of his and then his vision at the end was him holding the nxt championship and then later on they aired a video for brom breaker where he was fishing no. so i thought that was kind of funny it was definitely humorous but, I mean, yeah. it's not meant to be humorous. It was just, like, that's what I like to do when I unwind after a big match. I fish. Yeah, nothing like going fishing after big matches. <laughs> after that, we saw Javier Burnell uh, give Mackenzie Mitchell a long, long list of people who he wants to challenge. Mm-hmm. Axiom was on that list, and she's like, brother, did you not remember last week I said he was injured? <laughs> And then she keeps going down the, the list. Elon Musk was on the, the list. And then Drake was on the list. And she goes, oh, Drake Maverick? He goes, no, not Drake Maverick. Drake the singer. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. I, if they continue with this and get him on TV every week by doing stuff like that, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fan of that stuff. Yeah, After that, I we agree. saw Ivy Nile pick up the victory over Kiana James. We saw Fallon Henley come out and made uh, Kiana James get back into the ring. Before that, I was enjoying the match. It was, uh, I don't want to say it was like a, I don't know how to describe it. Hmm. I was enjoying it though. And because uh, I don't want to say like fast paced or action packed or something like that. But there was a lot going on. Um, I think Ivy Nile is really good. Yeah, Ivy. I go back and forth sometimes. I I question if her style and everything is going to be going over on the main roster. I, well, I, I mean, I could equate it to like a, a a mixture of like Ronda Rousey, Sonya Deville, and somebody else. I don't know who. I mean, something that, I mean, nothing for nothing. And also, she does have the size factor against her, too, with the style. You know? Meaning what? I don't know. She seems, whenever she's wrestling everybody else, she seems like she's four foot seven. She's like my height. Are you four foot seven? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, I don't know. It, there's just. 
she she about... is co- quoted as a uh, five two here. So okay, but I mean, I mean, look at Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is five feet. That's true. I don't know. I think it's just like the the aspect of it, the that MMA style aspect of it that I don't know if it's going to go over. I guess we're going to find out. Though, I mean, know? she's a tremendous athlete. Mm-hmm. I watched her absolutely kill it on that show with The Rock. So, like, yeah. and I'm pretty sure she had to take, like, this giant sledgehammer and break through an actual thing of rock or whatever to get mm-hmm. a key out or something. But she ends up, uh, Fallon Henley ends up brawling afterwards with Kiana James. They they leave this segment. The Creed's then addressed Indus, Indus Sheer, basically setting up a match, I assume. When I don't know. Um, I guess I don't know. I want to see Indusheer just take on anybody, but I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I don't either. We saw a video package with Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, which they the video package they highlighted what happened last week, and then Isla Dawn was like the clues were all there, and Alba Fire didn't see any of them. And then she followed the spirits to Alba Fire. So they're going to obviously wrestle. And I hope it's going to be a, a super awesome match. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a really fun match. Something that was very questionable, though, was the <laughs> next segment. You know, so we ended up seeing that scripts we've known all about we've been seeing the promos the i've been all over the world the walls yada 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 so scripts is actually reggie reggie comes on out or scripts i mean we don't know for a fact that it's reggie that's true he has a set matches reggie and like it's reggie yeah and it's crazy because like i was expecting everyone except for reggie yeah. And it's not like a knock on Reggie at all because Reggie is really good in the ring. As new as he is to wrestling, he I thought when he was doing the stuff with 24/7 was fantastic. I agree with you. 100%. I think that for being green, which I mean, I'm I'm still going to say that he's green. But for being green, for being so new to the business, he was phenomenal. And I don't think he we've ever seen it. I don't think we've ever seen him, like, do any NXT stuff. So that's why, like, if I'm not, mis- like, I'm not mistaken when, when they said, like, they definitely said something where, like, my name's already on the walls there, right? Uh-huh. They 100% said something like that, right? Yeah. So, but- like, that, the clues in the these vignettes leading up to this, they didn't make sense for it to be Reggie. I mean, I think that he was just talking about... I mean, he's not talking about Reggie. It's not Reggie. It's Script. I mean, yeah, even... why would well, Script's name be on the, the wall? The thing is, I feel or like... Or it's just, like, literally, like, oh, I spray-painted this here. My name's already on this wall. I feel like because it's in it's Script writing. I mean, he's... If you look at him... part of his him, taunt, too. Yeah, I, I was about to say, with his finger, he's, like, writing everything in Script. In cursive, yeah. Yeah, cursive, you know? So maybe he's just talking about legit, like, there's script writing on the wall. I mean, that's the only thing that I could think of, is that, like, legit, 
they're just talking about the cursive writing that may be on the wall from somebody signing it. Certainly uh, not Reggie. <laughs> yeah, certainly wasn't expecting Reggie. But again, I'm not here to like. I'm not gonna be bashing this at all because I think, like I said, Reggie's great. Yeah. Was I was I let down that it was Reggie? Yes, but again, Reggie is great, so I have no problem with. It I being agree with him. you. I'm not. So I'm I was sitting down. here expecting. Obviously, we we spoke about it a few weeks ago. I was expecting Bo Dallas. I was expecting EC3. Yeah. Sammy Callahan, maybe, but no. It's it's Reggie, and uh, and we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, I am let down by it, that it's not somebody else, but I'm okay with it being Reggie. Because, like, I could have just been fine with watching Reggie be Reggie. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that Reggie is fanta- fantastic. So like The evolution from Reginald to just Reggie? Yeah, and then now scripts like to me that that last evolution part didn't matter. No, I agree with you. We'll see what after, happens after after this. We saw a segment with Schism where they spoke about Thanksgiving, and then uh, Ava Rain grabbed somebody from the crowd, and they were like, gonna maybe induct him to Schism or whatever, and then they formed a new holiday, Schism Invictus, and they ended up putting the dude like through hell through the table. They were like, we're not accepting new people. You guys had your chance. And the crowd was chanting for the whole the whole time for a sacrifice. They knew what was coming. And they, they put the dude, Joe Gacy, put that guy through that table. And pay, people went nuts. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Big you pop know. for that. But next up, you had Zoe Stark. Pick up the victory over Sol Ruka. Um, Zoe Stark showing a real mean side of her still. But we got more from Sol Ruka this time than we did with her TV debut. And That's we got true. a lot of a, a lot of decent more than decent uh reversals from Ruka. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. But Lions came out to to make the save afterwards and tried to fight Zoe, but Zoe ran off. Yeah. And then later on Lions offered up her help to Caden Carter and Katana Chance to take on Toxic Attraction next week. She was like Water under the bridge between us. I didn't see Zoe Stark was uh, basically trash until it bit me from behind, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, I mean, this is going to end up blowing up into a big match at some point soon, right? Yeah. Did they announce it yet? No. Not yet. But I would I assume mean, probably at uh, deadline. Yeah, that makes sense. We saw in the parking lot, Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade tried to get Von Wagner to join them to go party. And Von Wagner's like, oh, yeah, cool, totally. And then just, like, completely obliterated them, took them both out. Yeah. Total takeout. Yeah. Probably maybe Von Wagner versus Odyssey Jones next week, maybe. I don't know. Could be. Perhaps. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Grayson Waller approach Duke Hudson. And uh, basically trying to buddy-buddy with him, being like, I love how committed you are to the bit. And Hudson's like, this isn't a bit, brother. And then Pretty Deadly approached him later on to play poker, and he turns them down to hang out with his college buddies, <laughs> his classmates. And they were like, well, we don't even have a poker game. We were testing you, blah, blah, blah. But they also don't buy whatever Duke Hudson is selling right now. Yeah. He ends up brawling with Pretty Deadly, and... Ends up getting them a tag team title match for later on 
People went nuts in the crowd for that. They big pop for Chase U. They aired a vignette before the match, Charlie Dempsey, where he wants to play cards instead of work out, um, not work out, instead of uh, doing like social media stuff. And they showed clips of Carl Gotch. They showed clips of Billy Robinson. And he doesn't want to look, he doesn't care about looking cool for Instagram. No, because just pro wrestling to... is a serious business to him. Yeah, he just wants to work out. He's had problems. No, he doesn't want to work out though. He wants to like actually wrestle. Yeah. But he's he's had problems with Chase U. So I was expecting maybe we'd see him in this segment, but that wasn't the case. We saw Pretty Deadly pick up the victory over Chase U to retain the tag team championships. I thought it was a fun match. Thea um, Hale at one point yeah. got knocked down and Hudson went to check on her. Andre Chase couldn't get a tag because of that, but they kept going and he eventually did get the tag. But he accidentally hits Andre Chase with that big boot and that led to the end of this match. Yeah, Chase you. I mean, I don't know what's going to take place with them. We're going to find out next week. But I was, I thought I was entertained by this whole segment. Everything from Duke Hudson getting, uh, denying Grayson Waller all the way to that segment. Yeah. That tag match. We saw a TikTok from Roxanne Perez from a live event over the weekend, which led to Indy Hartwell questioning her not watching her match and then arguing with her. So it sets up a match between the two of them. And it was also um, uh, Electra Lopez was like, oh, looks like so-and-so has a problem or I'm not the only one who has problems here or whatever. So I forget what she said. Yeah. But she was involved in the segment and it looks like Indy Hartwell's 100% going to be heel. I I think, uh, yeah. And yeah. she's probably going to end up in that Iron Survivor match. I mean, it's hard not to. I mean, the, she's still so over with the crowd. Yeah. You know, they still love her. Main, main event, event of, of the NXT. Evening, you had Wesley pick up the victory over Carmelo Hayes to retain the North American Championship. Uh, Earlier, th- Trick Williams talked himself basically out of being ringside by saying Carmelo can do it without him. And Wesley was like, okay, prove it. But he ends up making his way out there. Lee jumps out onto him. And I thought this segment, this match, everything completely together was great. Pay-per-view, PLE quality, 100%. Yeah, it was a really solid main event. And happy to see like Wesley in this position. Um, But, I, I mean, we've been seeing Carmelo Hayes do like main event spots. Mm-hmm. I just hope he translates to the main roster. I I think you will. You know, I think, I think that the great. the yeah the big takeaway though is after the matchup, Wesley is standing there celebrating. But then the cage the cage opens and closes. Yeah, and, and then behind him behind. is standing. <laughs> it's uh, Dijak, not Dijakovic. You know? It's Dijak. Yeah, dressed as Berlin from WCW. Oh, yes, that's funny. I didn't even, like, think of that. <laughs> that's really funny. 
Yeah, you know, but he yeah, was cosplaying. I'm, but, I'm pumped to see what Dajak does. I could see him being the one to take the title from Wesley. Uh, same here. You know, Di- I'm happy that it's Dijak. I'm happy that he's back. He is a phenomenal wrestler. I think he's a great powerhouse wrestler. Um, and I think that I agree with you. I think he's going to take the championship away from Wesley. And it's just, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm uh-huh. pumped to see. I agree. Because we, like we, I think he should have been a champion so far in WWE. Oh yeah. I totally agree with you. 100%. So. That's for sure. Yeah. But, but that's NXT going to move over to SmackDown. There was a goddamn football game on. So there was no way to watch SmackDown at first. And then SmackDown continued to not be live. And it really, really pissed me off. That they, did, they didn't just like cut to the feed to go live. Once they eventually started SmackDown. I found the British stream of it. So... God bless England or or whatever, the UK. But it opened up with the damage control and then the the face team for War Games coming out to introduce the fifth woman, that being Becky Lynch. It would have been, man, you know, it really would have been nice to have that that, uh, surprise live instead of seeing it on Twitter first. But that's that's the, the fifth woman. Um... Becky and Rhea Ripley had a stare down in that moment. First match of the evening saw Santos Escobar pick up the victory over Butch to advance in that World Cup. During the match, they showed Kevin Owens and McIntyre backstage getting beat up by the the Usos or brawling with the Usos, which distracted Butch. And then Zelina got involved and Santos was able to pick up the victory off of that. So he moves on to the finals. We see Bray Wyatt come out. Speak about uh, how people want to want him to be the monster, and they want to see him be the fiend, and they want to see the show, but he doesn't want to be that person. And he said that he didn't attack L.A. Knight last week, and then he got interrupted by Uncle Howdy. And immediately after that, L.A. Knight was interviewed. He addressed what happened last week and claimed that Bray Wyatt's lying. After that, the Viking Raiders picked up the victory over Hit Row. Sarah Logan is now Valhalla, which uh, I guess it's nice that they gave us explanation for that. Um, I don't know if I necessarily, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like an evolution thing, perhaps. But this match went how you'd expect it to. I don't think Hit Row has really gotten out of the gate just yet since coming back to WWE. But like maybe they need Swerve. I don't know. But getting destroyed... By the Viking Raiders in this situation makes a hundred percent sense, and I'm, I'm just looking forward to a big push for the Viking Raiders eventually. After that, they showed the the Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio Thanksgiving segment that they showed on Twitter that WWE tweeted out. It's Dominic and Rhea Ripley showing up to Rey Mysterio's family Thanksgiving dinner, and Dominic wasn't welcomed. He eventually pushes his way into the. House and then beats up Rey Mysterio. Both of them do, I believe. But I just thought this was absolutely brilliant. I loved everything about this video. When I saw it, I, I saw it when they like actually tweeted it. I just happened to be scrolling and it was like 
a minute after they tweeted it. I was like, this is this is brilliant. And uh, I think it's the most watched video that they've posted in, in quite some time. After that, though, Ricochet picked up the victory over Braun Strowman to advance in the World Cup. Gunter showed up during this. Imperium showed up. That distracted Braun Strowman. And Ricochet got a very unexpected victory. He, he pinned him. He did the crucifix pin. That was very unexpected. But Imperium beat Braun Strowman up afterwards. And Ricochet, being the nice guy that Ricochet is, went to make the save. But they end up beating him down. Braun Strowman eventually fought back and it ends with him helping Ricochet up to show some mutual respect. I guess that's payback for the flippy dippy comment, perhaps. After that, backstage, Sami Zayn was outside the Bloodlines locker room and Kevin Owens met up with him and Sami told Kevin to leave, but Kevin continued to question Sami and like basically say, what happens when you piss off Roman Reigns. We've seen what he's done to his own blood. And Jey Uso was out there listening to the whole conversation. Kevin Owens was like, if if it was me, I wouldn't wait for them to turn on you. I'd strike first. And then Kevin leaves. Jay ends up questioning if, if uh, Sammy spoke to anybody. Since he's been there. And Sammy lied. That was surprising. Backstage, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler attacked Raquel Rodriguez just as she was about to be interviewed. Just as she was about to have a tag team match uh, with Shotzi. And then we move on to a segment in the ring where the horsewomen made fun of what they did to Raquel Rodriguez. And then Shotzi came out for the tag match. And I was so ready for Tegan Knox to come out because she's a former tag team partner of Shotzi Blackheart. But that didn't happen and it wasn't until the match actually started that Raquel made her way out even though she was supposed to be at the hospital and continued the match. Horsewomen picked up the victory over Shotzi and Raquel. Before Raquel got there, it wasn't a one-sided match. Shotzi went into this balls-to-the-wall Pissed off, ready to, to fight Ronda Rousey, ready to fight Shayna Baszler. And then it was Raquel who ends up losing the match. But Shotzi was interviewed after that, and she's super pissed off. Because Raquel Rodriguez had her back, and the horsewomen did that. So she was using that anger to help her maybe defeat Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series. The main event saw Drew McIntyre and Sheamus pick up the victory over the Usos to gain the advantage in the War Games match. Uh, I think Drew McIntyre and Sheamus is definitely like a dream team. They work incredibly well together. But at one point, Drew McIntyre goes for a Claymore. Jay holds on to him. Later on, Jimmy did the the running hip attack and I guess he was feeling himself. So he went to hit uh, another one. McIntyre reverses it, attacks him from that, which I kind of feel like was a maybe a Jey Uso spot to feel himself and like repeat a move. But Drew reverses that. The match continues. Sammy got involved, which distracts Sheamus. Sheamus was able to kick out of the super kick. 
Sammy gets involved again, and it leads to an Uso splash, which Sheamus kicks out of. And then everybody ringside ends up brawling. Sammy goes to hand Jey Uso the championship to cheat, and Kevin Owens stops him. And Kevin Owens then tosses Sammy into the ring. He gets ejected from ringside. Jay grabs the championship and tries to cheat. But Kevin Owens, because the referee is distracted, gets into the ring, hits Jay Uso with the stunner, and Sheamus hits that bro kick to pick up the victory. And I thought it was a pretty good ending. But that was SmackDown. Going to do some predictions for Survivor Series War Games. Oh. Taking place at the, I almost said the Boston Garden, the TD Garden in Boston, <laughs> Massachusetts. I think it used to be the Boston. Boston. It? Oh, no, it replaced the original Boston Garden, I think, actually. But, yeah, it's it's in Boston. Being town. Boston. We got yeah. uh, a couple of matches announced. We got that triple threat match for the WWE United States Championship. Seth freaking Rollins defending the title against Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. I'm going to say Seth freaking Rollins. I'm going to agree with you. I'm saying Seth freaking Rollins. Um, Just a normal match. AJ Styles, Finn Balor. Unfortunately, it's not a four on four. I'm going to go with... Ah, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with AJ Styles. Rhea Ripley and uh, Mia Yim are both in the uh, the War Games match, so it's like they don't really need to be there for this. Yeah, Mia Yim had like a name change for a hot second too. Yeah, well, but like last week they like casually dropped it, the Meechim or whatever. Meechim, yeah. And then... Uh, the internet freaked out. <laughs> and by the end of Monday Night Raw, it was back to being Mia Yim. But it's like, it's so stupid because commentary was calling her Mia Yim and everything. So it's like. Yeah, and they, I, they I did like. actually started calling her Mia Chin too, but. Yeah, I did like the backstage part. I didn't mention it before, but I like that brawl, how it started where uh, Rhea, they were just talking. And then from the side, you just hear Mia. And then she turns around and just Rhea Ripley catches her with the big boot. Right, I thought that was solid. I, I'm gonna say, but, yeah. Who I'm are you gonna picking? say AJ Styles. AJ, okay, nice. For the SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey defending the title against Shotzi Blackheart. I would love nothing more than for Shotzi Blackheart to win that championship. I'm going to say Ronda Rousey though. Oh, Ronda, Ronda, Ronda. Um, Especially with Shayna Baszler probably being in her corner. Yeah, I'm do- I'm gonna go with um, Ronda Rousey as well. I think um, we got next the up women's war games match. Yeah, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Mia Yim, and vacant. To again, be, like to where this is this is Wednesday right now. So by the time after we we record or after I record SmackDown, it's most likely going to be one new name or two new names. We don't know. Yeah, versus Damage Control, uh, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. So, first off, missing person. No, I don't even want to speculate that because it's going to happen this week. Um. Well, missing person, I'm going to speculate, and I'm going to say that it is Candice LeRae. 
Okay, and now what happens if Alexa Bliss gets taken out and there's two empty spots? Why would there be two they're empty in, spots? They're in Boston, so if they don't announce, or if they didn't at this point, if they didn't announce uh, Sasha Banks, or, or if they didn't announce whoever is going to be on the team and it's not Sasha Banks, then I feel like they're going to shoot themselves in the foot for it. I don't think that it's going to be Sasha Banks without Noemi, uh, Naomi. Right, so if Alexa Bliss gets taken out, team banned, boom. That is true. I'm going to stick to Candice LeRae, though. I'm going to say you? the face team wins regardless, so I'm not going to speculate on who it is because All right. it's going to happen go by the time the face... this airs. I'm going to go with the face team as well. Well, why do you think that it's going to happen by the time? Well, I what, mean, they, mean... They, as far as we knew, they, they said, Bianca Belair said Friday we're going to announce it, so. What that could obviously change. Yeah, it could definitely change. Uh, let's talk about the men's war game match. The Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens taking on the Bloodline. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with the Bloodline. I'm going to go with the Bloodline, but I think that Kevin Owens is going to really have his way with uh, Roman Reigns. This, by the way, is a match since the championship is not on the line. Roman Reigns doesn't really have to win. No, not at all. Exactly. That's why I feel like he can totally get taken out by Kevin Owens. But then you can have somebody on the Brawling Brutes pick up the loss by uh, one of the Usos. The last actual loss for Roman Reigns on television? Um is Rumi, a long time ago. <laughs> the Raw Rumble. Sami Zayn. Raw Sami Rumble Zane, 2022. Uh, cross it. I'm going to say Bloodline. I'm going to say the Bloodline too. Nice, nice. So, that's our predictions for Survivor Series. Going to take a quick little break right now. I'll be back with uh, some AEW talk, and uh, we'll be right back here on Marking Out. You're listening to Marking Out. Also, I'm better than you, and you know it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 616. I am going to cover AEW. Like I said before, Chris is unfortunately not here, so... I'm going to kick it off from last week's Rampage. Ricky Starks picked up the victory over Lance Archer to advance in that tournament. Uh, I didn't really like that it started out backstage because the actual match seemed like nothing. But Lance Archer ends up pouncing the hell out of Ricky Starks. He gets up right away, repeats the spot, does the pin. So I think they might have messed up there. But... Brian Cage came out afterwards and Lance Archer attacked Ricky Starks. There was a segment with Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Sammy, I feel like uh, basically saying he'll do what he needs to, I think. Uh, After that, Hook picked up the victory over Lee Moriarty to retain. Uh, I think this might be the most work that we've seen Hook have to put into a match. Like, did I think he was losing? Absolutely not. But it was nice to see Hook have an actual match, I guess. After that, Athena picked up the victory over Madison Rain. Not much to say about that. The main event, 
uh, June Akiyama and Takeshita picked up the victory over Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. This looked like Eddie Kingston couldn't have been happier to have this match. And then afterwards, it sets up a match for Zero Hour at Full Gear, live at the Prudential Center in uh, Newark, New Jersey. A lot of people finding out that Newark's not really the greatest place. But uh, it kicked off with the best friends, Rocky Romero, and a mystery tag team partner picking up the victory over the factory. The mystery partner, I thought it was so stupid. They spent so much time hyping up a big mystery partner. And then it was just Danhausen in different face paint. Danhausen's associated with the best friends. Ricky Starks picked up the victory over Brian Cage to advance in the tournament. We saw Eddie Kingston pick up the victory over June Akiyama. Uh, the main card. Jungle Boy picked up the victory over Luchasaurus in a cage match. The elbow drop from the top of the cage where Jungle Boy puts Luchasaurus through a table and then bounces off Luchasaurus I thought was nuts. I think that should have been the end. And for some reason they, they decided to have Jungle Boy then lock in the snare trap to make Luchasaurus tap. I just don't understand why that wasn't the finish. After that, the Death Triangle picked up the victory. I would say unexpectedly picked up the victory over the Elite to retain the the six-man tag team championships, the trios championships. I was very happy about that. The Young Bucks came out to carry on my wayward son, which actually made me miss CM Punk for a split second. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of that song, but, but it was probably because of uh, Adam Sandler and Happy Gilmore. But God, it's just, I don't want to have anything associated with that with the, the, the Elite. It's just, I'm just not a fan of the Elite at all. But the one spot I did enjoy from this was, uh, or enjoyed the most, I should say, was Nick hitting that Hurricane Rana from the top rope on Penta to everyone on the outside, but the setup for that took way too long. It just looked goofy. And then, God damn it, man, I was so furious when they announced this. Later on in the night, they announced that Tony Khan is making this a best of seven. So for six more times, they wanted us to watch this, which is just absolutely absurd because every single time we see an iteration of this match, it's the same choreographed spots with one or two new spots like that Hurricane Rana. And it's just like, you say, oh, we don't have time to put all of our talent on an episode of of Dynamite or Rampage in a week. We only have three hours of TV. And then Tony Khan's like, ah, six, six more times. Let's put this on six more times. It's not necessary. And I feel like it's going to obviously go to the seventh series, the seventh match or whatever in LA. But for almost six weeks in a row after this, come on, that's goofy. That's seven weeks in a row almost with the fact, with the uh, exception of Wrestle Kingdom week. Because Kenny Omega is going over there to face Will Ospreay. After that, Jade Cargill picked up the victory over Nyla Rose to retain the TBS championship. Vicky Guerrero and uh, Marina Shafir and Jade Cargill came out in a low rider, but Vicky Guerrero, I feel like, might have been wearing Rhea Ripley's t-shirt, which was interesting, but uh, the I'm Your Mommy t-shirt 
The match itself, though, was very sloppy. It it didn't make either of them look strong. There were spots that were just like, this isn't good. This is taking too long to do something to make it even look good. After that, Chris Jericho picked up the victory over Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara to retain the Ring of Honor Championship. Jericho and Sammy got into it a little bit, which I think stems from that backstage thing on Rampage. But uh, in the end, Jericho picked up the victory. After that, Soraya picked up the victory over Britt Baker. The crowd absolutely sucked for this. Britt Baker working uh, Soraya's neck, which makes a lot of sense. I I like that aspect of the match. I just think that she deserved a better crowd for this. She hasn't wrestled in five years. She has gone on the record now saying she understands there was ring rust. She knows it. She knows she has it to work off. So in that aspect of the match, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't terrible. The fans were awful. Maybe it's because they were sitting there already for like 10 hours, but I think she she deserved a much better crowd for her return. After that, Samoa Joe picked up the victory over uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow to become the new TNT champion. Samoa Joe stole the victory by using the championship. Just unified the goddamn titles. Tony Khan was asked at the media scrum about Ring of Honor and doing a YouTube show. And he said he thinks they deserve better. He wants TV for Ring of Honor. Meanwhile, you're not getting TV for Ring of Honor, it seems. And you could have character development and so much more go into Ring of Honor if you just give somebody that YouTube channel. It just doesn't make sense because now you have a TV champion and the TNT champion. The TV championship is is nothing. There's no TV. So... Unify the titles, do the YouTube show, put time and effort into Ring of Honor. If you want to keep Ring of Honor alive, you can't just do sprinkle in Ring of Honor stuff here and there on Rampage and Dynamite and apparently AEW Dark. I didn't know that even. You can't just have those those pay-per-views and be like, oh yeah, that's that's good. That's Ring of Honor, guys, because it's not. That's a slap in the face to Ring of Honor. After that, Sting and Darby Allen picked up the victory over Jeff Jarrett, almost a double J, and Jay Lethal. I liked that that coffin drop and guitar smack that they did. And then the the Scorpion death drop and coffin drop combo was cool. But the match I thought was, uh, you know, not the best. It was no DQ, but for some reason you had to tag in and out. Commentary was super confused. I was super confused. How anyone could think that Sting and Darby Allen were going to lose, though. Sting's never lost. Why would anyone think full gear is the night? Sting hasn't lost a match since he lost to Seth Rollins and retired. After that, Jamie Hayter picked up the victory over Tony Storm to become the new not AEW Women's Champion at the time. And uh, the crowd almost instantly almost instantly from the start of this match was like hundreds of decibels louder for this than Soraya and Brett and Britt Baker. It did die down a bit, but still. Storm, 
lands a very nice Luthez press. Rebel makes her way down. Tony gets busted open. Rebel ends up clocking Tony with that championship. And then Britt Baker comes down, stomps Tony onto the title. Later on, Britt Baker removed the turnbuckle pad and Jamie Hayter tossed Tony Storm, knocking her off the ape, knocking Britt Baker off the apron. Did I think the ending of this match was dumb? Yes. But this was the match of the night. Kudos to Tony Storm. Kudos to to Jamie Hayter. This was the best match of the night. After that, the acclaimed pick up the victory over Swerve in our glory to retain. Anthony Bowens went into this with a hurt shoulder, which Swerve in our glory worked on. But at one point, Swerve tried to get Keith Lee to use those bolt cutters or whatever they are. And Keith Lee refused. Swerve ends up slapping him. Keith Lee left. He left him there all by himself. And that was the end of the match. Main event saw MJF pick up the victory over John Moxley to become the new AEW champion. Moxley did the figure eight at one point. I, I popped for that. Uh, MJF pulled the referee, though, into the way of John Moxley and pulled out the dynamite diamond ring. And William Regal came out and told him not to use it. And he listened. He tossed it aside. And then another referee ran down to make the count. He got taken out as well. MJF tapped during that time. The referee was out, so he didn't see it. And then William Regal slipped MJF the brass knuckles like maybe 99% of the people who were watching Full Gear thought he was going to do. And he did it. William Regal turned on, well, I guess, yeah, he turned on the Blackpool Combat Club. And MJF is the brand new champion, so that's dope. That's awesome. Moving over to AEW Dynamite, live in Chicago. Very, very interesting, but we had William Regal come out And he basically said that we'll hear from MJF next week because he's filming a movie. I feel like that MJF should have been on this week's episode. But John Moxley came out. Brian Danielson ran down to try to calm John down. Even slapped Moxley for trying to stop to try to stop him. Mox was so pissed off though and and told Regal that he wants him to run and never come back. So he did refrain from putting his hands on William Regal. But John Moxley's pissed off. After that, Renee tried to interview Keith Lee, but Swerve interrupted, put his hand over the camera, and he's like, let's talk. And that was the end of that. Orange Cassidy picked up the victory over Jake Hager to retain the the All-Atlantic Championship. They did a bit where the Jericho Appreciation Society tried to get the purple hat back from Orange Cassidy, and that was the main storyline of this match. Hager controlled most of it, but because he cared too much about that purple hat, it cost him. The factory came out afterwards, and QT Marshall was like, oh, uh, you always give people shots at the All-Atlantic Championship, and then the lights go out, and Julia Hart's up on that, that ramp, And then the the lights come back on. House of Black's in the ring. They destroy the best friends. Then they destroy the factory. Then enhancement talent and security for some reason. But what 
it's funny because commentary is like, what, who were the house of black here for? And it's like, brother, they just destroyed two teams. It doesn't matter. I'm still disappointed that it wasn't house of black at full gear versus death triangle. I'll take that 900 times over the six times, the seven times that we have to watch young bucks and death triangle. After that, Ricky Starks picked up the victory over Ethan Page to become the number one contender. He'll get the match at Winter is Coming. Ricky Starks had so much to overcome from this. And because uh, he's always getting beaten down, he had so many matches, it, it, like more than anybody else in this tournament, it feels like, in such a short amount of time. Um, but Stokely ends up getting kicked from ringside. They, ha- they put on a good match. I don't understand how this tournament didn't end at full gear since it was like a full gear tournament. But Ricky Starks hit three spears to pick up the victory. I thought this was 100% Ethan Page's match to win. Tournament even. Even factoring in the the firm versus MJF. I don't really know how it's not that. But hey, Ricky Starks is dope and I'm looking forward to seeing Ricky Starks versus MJF. After that, they aired something with Jade Cargill and, and Little Bow Wow. Little Bow Wow? Bow Wow? I don't even know what he's just called Bow Wow now, I guess. But I couldn't care less about that. I, I just think that's stupid. Their celebrity list is from 2003. Smart Mark, though, had Kiara Hogan sign a document that kicked her out of the baddies. She got fired. Where does she go from here now? I have no idea. After that, Death Triangle versus the Elite. They picked up the victory. All because of a hammer they made this series. The crowd in Chicago hated the elite. And like this other, this past segment, I I couldn't care less. Once was enough. The referee had no control. And it was just a mess. The loud CM Punk chants, I I will say, were funny. And everyone's like, oh, screw CM Punk. And it's like, both of them, screw all of them. Had to use the hammer on on Matt when Matt went to go use one of his own. Fenix got pissed off at that. They argued. So maybe we'll see Death Triangle at the end of this breakup. I have no idea. I just wish it was 2018 or 2020, 2023 already. So I'd be done with this tournament. Best of, I should say. After that, Renee introduced or announced that uh, Thunder Rosa has been asked to relinquish the championship. So uh, I think, um, I don't know. They should have just done it from the start. Interim championships are stupid. I think there's going to be like a shadow over Jamie Hayter's reign now. And it to me, it makes Tony Storm's reign look even worse. But now because Jamie Hayter is the actual champion, Tony Storm's last reign is is an actual championship reign as well. But instead of having the brand new champion, the champion, not interim champion anymore, in singles competition or anything, it's immediately a random ass tag match that she they weren't even part of. I didn't understand the setup for this match at all. They showed the setup and it was something from AEW Dark between... Anna Jade, Ty Mello, Sky Blue, and Willow Nightingale. 
How did Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter get into this match? They pick up the victory, but it wasn't even the champion to pick up the victory. It was it was Britt Baker. And then not having Soraya on this episode in some capacity, I thought was a mistake as well. Backstage, FTR and type, Top Flight um, spoke with each other in Top Flight, said they want to face FTR for the Ring of Honor Championships. That gets set up for 4 p.m. Rampage. In case you didn't know, guys, 4 p.m. Always 4 p.m. You know how many times Excalibur said 4 p.m. on that show? Commentary, by the way, fighting with each other the whole night. I I very much so enjoyed that. It was very awkward. After that, the acclaimed had an in-ring segment getting uh, interrupted by Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, and then eventually Double J. Double J telling the acclaimed to uh, watch their backs. Billy Gunn told them to uh, cut cut that feed off so they could all scissor. He's got his, his cast off now or whatever it was. So they celebrated. And the main event of Dynamite saw Chris Jericho, the Ocho, pick up the victory over Ishii to retain the Ring of Honor Championship. They chopped the absolute hell out of each other. And Jericho's chest got busted open. So that pretty much sums up how this match is. I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't put it past Jericho for like gigging his own chest for that. But that I, I could also see that those chops, knife edge chops, you know, that was just crazy. (laughs) But, uh, there were some cool spots that apron DDT that Jericho hit was pretty cool. Um, and then Ishii ends up tapping while flipping Jericho off. I thought that was funny. But Jericho goes over to Ian Riccoboni afterwards and Claudio came out and popped him in the face. I thought that they would be done, but it seems like maybe Claudio is going to be the next Ring of Honor champion. But that's AEW Dynamite. A Brandon, who are you shouting out? The first shout out goes to Olivia Rodrigo because she performed You're So Vain at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. Carly Simon was inducted and unfortunately couldn't be there. And they had a few singers singing her songs for her. And Olivia Rodrigo blew my mind singing that. Yeah, I just thought it was so good. I thought it was really good. You sent it over she's, to me. Yeah, she's very talented. Also, in regards to the Hall of Fame, I love the fact that Dolly Parton was, when she was nominated uh, or put on the ballot, she was like, take my name off the ballot because I don't feel like I deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, nah, we're not going to do that. And not only did they not take her name off, she ends up getting nominated for the Hall of Fame. And then she main events the Hall of Fame. <laughs> she didn't sing I Will Always Love You, though. I thought for sure that would be like a song you would sing there. But, yeah. But fast forward to the the actual ceremony. She ends up writing a rock and roll song because she's like, if I'm going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm going to prove it. So I thought that was pretty cool. But the main reason for this shout out is 100% Olivia Rodrigo. It's on HBO Max. If you want to watch it, check it out. I always enjoy watching those ceremonies. Nah. Elton John gets the next shout out. He has been on a very, very long goodbye tour. 
and performed right now what is actually, quote-unquote, his last U.S. date on last Sunday at Dodger Stadium. It was live-streamed worldwide on Disney+. Plus. So I thought that was pretty cool, and I've I've seen him three different times. Set list genuinely uh, or generally similar, but uh-huh. uh, each unique in their own. Because the first time I saw him, it was face to face with Billy Joel. The next time I saw him, he was touring with, uh, or I don't even know. If, I think that tour he might have. I don't know if Leon Russell was on the full tour with him, or if it was just like specifically msg that they were doing together who's leon russell he is an older uh singer songwriter and they released an album together which i uh, i think it's a very underrated album Mm -hmm. so and then the the last time i saw him back in 2018 was this goodbye tour where he was by himself Mm -hmm. but and i wish he did songs like the lion king stuff but it's just, it's cool that I got to see him three times. And if this is actually truly like his final, I know he has tour dates in, in the UK and stuff, but if that's his final, like actual tour, like not Terry Funk tour, mm-hmm. then uh, that's a shout out to Ellen John. Yeah. I, well, well learned. The last shout out goes to Jason David Frank, who unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 49. And, like, JDF was a literal childhood hero of mine. He was the Green Ranger, Tommy Oliver, in uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, if you're unaware with that. But he was uh, an actual childhood hero of mine. I got to meet him, and I'm very happy that I got to meet him and tell him that. And it's like, he's definitely, he, he hears that from a million people. I grew up loving you. I grew up watching you. I grew up idolizing you, etc. And... Every single time I'm sure he heard that, it's just like brand new to him. And he would treat you with like such kindness and such generosity. And he was so nice. And like he literally couldn't have been nicer when I met him. Yeah, very sad. In the world of Comic-Con where they yell at you for even attempting to record a video or an audio clip, Mm -hmm. he didn't care. And he did a bumper for Marking Out and I'll forever be grateful for that. And if... You or someone you know is struggling. Please reach out to somebody. Call or text. You can text the the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. 988. Those three numbers can save a life. Yeah, you know, if I totally support what you just said. And it's so unfortunate. It's so sad. And yeah, I, I second that. Yeah. But those are my shout outs. Now it's time for... Our moment of the week. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. Uh, I haven't, I guess, I, I saw with a non wrestling one where mm-hmm. it ties into my Elton John shout out. Kind of, but during that concert, it was announced by Disney that Bob Iger is coming back. He's now back as the CEO, replacing Bob Chapek. Yes, which was such an insane thing. Chapek took over as CEO in during the pandemic, 
So maybe he got like the short end of the stick. But Disney knew what it, they were doing. <laughs> it seemed like nobody liked JPEG. He worked his way up in the Disney company. He started at like the very, very bottom and got all the way up to CEO. So kudos to him for that. But it comes to a, a point in time where what you're doing for the company is like a slap in the face to the employees and the people going. Yeah. And supporting Disney and everything. Like, he took Disney from, like, VHS to DVDs and everything. And that was huge. But, fast forward all these years. Yeah, I am very, very happy to to see that Bob Iger is back as well. I'd love to see the CFO get fired, too. Only <laughs> because she made fun of overweight people, so screw her. But... Um, yeah, you let her know, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, apparently, he, and- Bob Bob JPEG was supposed to introduce Elton John on that that concert. Huh. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and then the news broke, and he's he he was nowhere in sight. So I, they didn't even let him enjoy that concert. I thought that was funny. But I'm he'll yeah, be fine. He's worth it. he's worth millions. So. Oh yeah, he'll, don't worry, everybody. He's gonna be okay. It's just Bob Iger is gonna be better. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I just I hope I know Bob Iger's not in, in charge of the parks and stuff, but I hope stuff with the the Disney parks get better under him as well. Yeah, I I agree. I I think that Bob Iger is awesome. Plus, hey, we gotta so support our local Long Islanders. Yeah, you know he's um, from uh, Oceanside. A little tiny kind of pop for a tweet this week. I I posted about uh, Taylor Swift and James Taylor because it's like it was the anniversary 11 years ago this week that we went to the Speak Now tour at the Garden, Mm -hmm. the last date of the Speak Now tour. And I I, I tweeted about it and James Taylor's Twitter favorited the tweet. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's really awesome. But like still to this day, like that was such an awesome week for me Mm -hmm. because – uh, we saw WWE went to Survivor Series in 2011 to see The Rock return after seven years to team with John Cena and then take on the Awesome Truth. Yeah, that stuff with Zack Ryder, where it's like the the truly the Ryder Revolution. Mm-hmm. A few days prior to that, we interviewed him for Marking Out, and it's like all of that that whole like week span was just. Just absolutely incredible. Like to go from interviewing Matt to to watching Madison Square Garden blow up and chant throughout almost the it whole night. Surreal. We want Ryder. Even after the show was over, The Rock's giving that speech. We want Ryder. And he goes, Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, we want Ryder, Zach Ryder, woo woo woo, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan. I didn't know he was that big. Yeah. <laughs> And then going a few nights later back to Madison Square Garden to see Taylor Swift, which is always fantastic. Yeah. She brings out Selena Gomez. I'm like, "Eh, that's whatever. That's fine. Everybody else can mark out for that. And then she's given her speech on the couch and she goes, you never know what happens at at Madison Square Garden. Something magical can happen. And I'm named after James Taylor. Apparently I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. And then she brings out James Taylor and I just like. For me, that'll be like a forever like mark out moment of my life. I think. <laughs> yeah, 
Because I thought it was so cool. They they performed Fire and Rain and then 15 together. And that was just so, that was so cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wrestling-wise, I would yeah. feel like maybe Donovan Dijak being Dijak, so. Yeah, it could be Kenny Omega uh, returning to New Japan as well. Mm. You know, Kenny Omega I don't is going to be that's... facing Jay White. Mm. Will Ospreay. Oh, yeah. Jay White, Will Ospreay. Yeah. I Will don't Ospreay. think that's a markout moment. Is that actually a markout moment for you? Not really. Not at all. That's not even on my radar. It's just something that came up. That I don't. I do not care about. Well, all I'm right. So then, speak, my... I'm going to speak all about, or I already spoke about AEW. I should say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm going to say that my markout moment was MJF winning the championship. MJF winning the championship. My markout moment is not his post celebration speech, or not no. even speech, is uh, his F bomb rant. Yeah, not a fan of that. Not well, a fan I, of that. I'm, it's but, time to put him into the shield, so he, he can replace <laughs> John Moxley as that one member. He's got the AEW championship. Roman Reigns got the double championship. Seth got the the US championship. The trio can be the shield. New shield. Hey, the new shield. I mean, book it, Gabe. It's like new <laughs> book it, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's like new Coke, but it would it would actually work. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting, you know. Yeah. So I definitely marked out for that. I marked out for let's see, um, marked out for the end for Rhea Ripley's match with Asuka. I actually did mark out for that, um, and I marked out for the. I always mark out for the uh, um, major wrestling podcast their figure hunt YouTube videos. Yeah, I always mark out for those videos. So. I was watching one of them the other day, and they were showing how they found a potentially a Stone Cold Steve Austin rookie card and stuff like that. It, those were always a uncut. Bring me on in, uncut. Yeah, the uncut. Yeah. So yeah, marked for that. But yeah, yeah. Well, that's episode six one six. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you were a. Uh, a listener on Apple Podcasts. We still have no idea what's going on with that. We apologize. Markingout.com hosts the episodes, though. You could w- listen to every episode there. You could listen on Spotify Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere else except for Apple right now. I don't know why. Uh, you could check us out on TikTok at Marking Out, at Marking Out on Twitter, at Marking Out 11 on Instagram and YouTube. BTTG161 on both platforms. Chris Sween Dog on Twitter. CM Sween85 on Instagram. David PTDPT on both. ProWrestlingTees.com slash marking out. There's a sale, brother. No code necessary. 20% off. We are the other. Check it out. And again, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk more about that next week. We wish you the your future future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Bye.